You're tuned in to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Welcome back to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast, where we are showcasing the coolest brands and gifts while featuring movers and makers. I'm your host, Lenore, and if you're interested in voiceover work or if you're looking for a professional to voice something for you, this is the episode for you. I'm excited. I'm super excited, actually, to like pick the brain of David Cicerelli. He is the CEO and co-founder of Voices.com. Now, Voices, which was started in 2005, is the largest global online marketing place that matches professional voiceover talent with businesses. Now, this is a wonderful place for podcasters and agencies. So, David Cicerelli, welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Thanks, Lenore. Great to be here and uh, excited to talk about all things uh, audio and voice. Can we go back to the beginning, though? Because I hear Voices.com was really your dream of of a recording studio, and it, like Ex- it didn't work out like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. You know, most entrepreneurs start off with an initial idea. You know, I went to school to become an audio engineer. I was always fascinated with sound and music, um, playing with record players that mom and dad had. So I went. I went to school to become an audio engineer opened up a small recording studio and uh, I actually got my name in the local newspaper of all places on my birthday. And that's when I met my wife, Stephanie, who's now uh, my wife. She came into the studio. We ended up uh, recording her singing repertoire. She's a classically trained singing, a singer. And because of that same article, uh, there were other small businesses in town who wanted a, a voice. And uh, being pretty shy uh, guy, I actually knew one girl and that was Stephanie. I said, can you come in and read this script? You be the voice talent. I'll be the engineer. And uh, we hit it off. We started doing work together. But we realized with that initial success that running a music recording studio with garage bands and rock bands and hip groups and electronic musicians really wasn't my thing. It was more on creating commercials and uh, breathing these scripts to life. The messages we hear on radio and TV, maybe it's an audio book, maybe it's a podcast. So that's what, uh, you know, we in, in uh, startup parlance, it's called the pivot, right? You have your original idea and you change it to something new. Um, so we pivoted from running a recording studio into now creating a online marketplace that helps businesses hire professional voice actors. So for those who have not been on Voices.com yet, can you walk us through a typical client of yours, whether it's somebody say like myself, I would like to start doing voiceover work, or I'm like the corporate side, I'm looking for somebody to do voiceover work for my commercials that I want to put everywhere and anywhere. Exactly. Well, Lenore, you, you, you hit it right on the head, which is there's two sides to a marketplace, right? There's the buyers and the service providers, if you will, or the clients, and in this case, the talent. And those clients are mostly, you know, small businesses, somebody who has maybe a phone system that needs to be updated. Uh, Maybe they're thinking about producing their own podcast and they want an intro to the show Um, all the way up to fortune 500 companies that are creating training videos, you know, and now in this day and age, you know, a lot of training is being done remotely and often pre-recorded training. So there's this huge demand of a multi-billion dollar industry. So that's uh, the kind of types of clients, small businesses all all the way to these large uh, multinational organizations. The other side would be the talent. Um, People with great voices, maybe you've been told your whole life you've got a great voice, Um, you should be in acting, you should be on radio. Um, And many of those talent uh, take acting classes or improv classes, that's really helpful. Uh, learning how to read a script and interpret the script. So voiceover is more than just reading or talking into a microphone, as I'm sure you know well. There's a whole personality and you need to be adaptable. So there's these kind of acting traits 
there's the technical traits. Um, let's say knowing how to record yourself. If you don't have a recording engineer that you can partner with, maybe you need to learn how to use some of the recording software that actually comes with most computers nowadays. And the last one is kind of the hard one. Even if I have a great voice, I've got my home recording studio set up, where do I get the work? And years ago, you'd go to New York or LA and get an agent. Um, but Here's really my resume. Nowadays, so much of that work is that what you is that what you do? I know. <laughs> but <laughs> it's actually um when you said the acting stuff, I wanted to be on television, you know, I want to be on Disney Channel. What teen what kid didn't want to be on D Disney Channel, of you know? So I did a lot of the acting classes and even some of those voiceover classes it was the, here's my resume, here's my headshot in Manhattan to insert manager, insert agent, and then let's go as I audition. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like this was the, this is the story of your life here. You're, I'm, I'm reading it, for, <laughs> playing it right back to you. And that was very, very common. Um, you know, it definitely, you know, was, is, is effective, you know, effective to a degree nowadays. The trouble is not everyone can travel. Uh, certainly, again, not now. Not everyone can live in New York or LA. So, uh, what has kind of cropped up are a number of these job websites, these freelance marketplaces that bring together kind of both sides of that marketplace. All of those clients who are typing in Google searches and maybe browsing a LinkedIn feed of like getting inspiration or ideas and looking for how to create a campaign or how to um, find a voice for their for their ads. And then, um, and, and they land on a site like voices.com. And so that is uh, that is really what we do is bring the two parties together. So um, now, now I'm going to talk some money now first. So sure. say say I'm on the site. I'm as the voiceover. I'm I'm the voiceover talent. I see that there's a posting for this commercial firm, whatever studios, for a hundred dollars. Right. I submit my audio. They pick me. Yay! Now. How does that work out? Like, do you guys get a percentage of that via the, the company that posted the job? Or is there like a percentage that's taken out of me as the talent that does receive, say, that $100? And I just made that 100 to make it kind of easier for mouth. Yep. So we um, we actually give the, the, the client always posts a, um, a budget range. Because not all clients know. They're like, yeah, somewhere between. And then, in fact, the in entry level range starts at between 100 and $250. That empowers you as a talent to say, um, available, or maybe I'm not, so I'm going to charge a little bit higher. Um, there's some tricky words in there. I'm really busy. Any number of factors go into what the, the, the pricing is. Um, and it's not just, oh, it's a few lines. It's how big is the audience that's going to hear this? A radio commercial isn't as expensive as a, um, you wouldn't quote as much as a TV, national TV commercial where it's. A, for a big brand voice. So um, the way we uh, try to help you as a talent is there's a rate sheet, uh, voices.com slash rates. You can see all the prices that break down. But to answer your question directly, we actually deduct 20% um, for the work that you land on voices.com. We like to think of this as our business interests are actually very tightly aligned. We want to encourage you to quote as high as possible because that means you're making more money and candidly, we're, you know, we're generating a higher income as well. So we feel like our business really is based on shared success. The more um, projects we can bring into the platform from great clients that have healthy budgets, that means that you're uh, also benefiting from that. So it's a 20% um, transaction fee for work that is successfully procured uh, through the platform. I mean, if you do want to go back to that whole agents and managers mumble jumble, 
they are anywhere from 10 to 25 percent anyway, taking the commission off of whatever job that you would be getting regardless. So this is kind of the fee that you would be paying anyway. Right. And that's kind of where that's kind of where we landed. I mean, you know, we try to, you know, be inspired by the by the past and um, really modernize that entire experience um, so that uh, people can. Uh, work now. The the benefit, if I may, is is that um, it's a non-exclusive relationship. So uh, you can sign up on Voices as a freelance talent. You can also have an agent if your agent is agreeable to that. Uh, most agents nowadays realize that so much work is being procured uh, through these online platforms. Or you can sign up on another site as well too. There's there's a number of them out there. So um, that uh, I I think you know also lends to the fact that. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's not like it's a locked in or a long-term relationship or some exclusive relationship. You're a freelancer and you're, that means you're also almost like a small business owner. You got to think of this as a small business, not something that you dabble in. Um, like anything in life, the more of energy and effort that you put into it, ultimately the more successful you're going to be. Now, I know a little bit earlier, you mentioned that this is those times where every computer comes with, say, some sort of editing software, as basic as it may be. And maybe this is the time that we learn how to do a little bit of audio editing. Now, as a voiceover talent on my end and as a business owner on the other that did put the work out there, um, as a business owner, am I, am I assuming that I'm getting back 100 percent? perfect audio to use where I don't have to mix it down? And then I guess as the talent, do I have to send that 100% that doesn't, that isn't, that is mixed down? Yeah, we, I mean, as best as possible, that would be articulated in the original job posting. Now there's almost uh, some, you know, let's some, let's say some built-in understandings. Um, usually what you would be delivering as a talent is what's called a dry voice, meaning you're not making the music selection. That's probably the, the client or that creative producer on the other end. Um, so it's, it's just your voice. Um, what I love about that is you're also not spending more time combing through sound effect libraries and stock music libraries to find and do you like this sound? Do you like that sound? They already hired you because they liked your voice. They, they need the, the voice to tell that narrative, to tell that story. And then the client, um, often a creative producer, a creative director, um, would have maybe a music selection already um, pulled together. They want to sprinkle in some sound effects, special effect, um, but that would that would kind of come after. So the long uh, long story short, it's really what's called a dry voice. No other components, no other um, you know, echoes or kind of vocal special effects that are applied to it either. They just want a clean recording uh, with you know no further editing required, if you will. It's okay. I'll make sure to take out my popped peas. <laughs> because that is my biggest problem, the popped peas. I'm always the one that needs like the windscreen and everything. And I'm like going in, zooming all the way into the audio. Where's a little, where's a little peak? Try to just take that one, like half a millisecond out. Yeah, just half so a millisecond have, about, like, yeah. <laughs> that's literally all it is. Well, if you, uh, I'll, I'll teach you a trick. Um, well, two actually to, to eliminate it. If, if you don't want to put a, 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 you know, sometimes they call them a windscreen or a mic pop filter. Um, you know, there's, there's the old trick of like having the um, hanger with the pantyhose over it, which works just fine, by the way. Um, if you're not going to do that, even um, tilting your head just slightly, it's called slightly off axis makes a big difference because then you're 
the 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 um, breath from your like the wind coming from your mouth isn't hitting the microphone head on it's kind of hitting it just to the side and if you really want sometimes if you put your finger it kind of like you're saying shh right you put your finger in front of your lips it actually disperses the wind so it's not again hitting that microphone the sensitive part of the microphone known as the diaphragm it's not hitting it directly you're kind of breaking the wind uh the wind apart so, I so knew, those are a couple uh, tricks to get rid of. If, if uh, anyone's, you know, an, an aspiring voice talent, you're like, oh, I'm really struggling with these P's. Uh, those are some ways that you can help get rid of it. So I knew the side. I didn't know the, the, the shh one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to try that when I cut some stuff later. <laughs> exactly. It's really helpful, especially if you're not on camera. No one's seeing you anyway. You're, you're the talent, right? In a vocal booth or some quiet space. Um, so you only look silly yourself. Hey, in a closet with a lot of coats. Cause I hear that that's one of the best spots to do audio recording. If you're not in a soundproof booth or room. Well, and that's what the coats provide. I mean, you know, nowadays so many, it, it, it frankly, Lenore blows me away. Um, Super Bowl commercials, national advertising campaigns, documentaries for national geographic. These are being recorded in people's closets and spare bedrooms, Sometimes they're just putting up a, like some foam that, you know, you'd get at like a Home Depot or something. Some are, you know, investing a little more in the soundproofing of your room. And, um, but if, you know, failing that, you're absolutely right. The closet, what you're trying to do is eliminate what's referred to as a room tone. Sometimes you hear this kind of slap backy or this echoey sound that's really distracting. And going back to this concept of this dry voice, you want to eliminate all of that is just got to be clean and be kind of nice and close to the microphone and the the coats and the and the other clothing in that closet it's absorbing that sound so it doesn't kind of bleed out and you hear this slap back it kind of absorbs all that extraneous sound that you wouldn't, wouldn't really want in your recording anyway my biggest problem with recording in my closet is whether or not the dog decides to come in <laughs> like and even on like zoom interviews when i'm doing them like at home or whatever i'm like please just don't bark please right. just don't bark <laughs> and i leave outside before i'm like guys if there is a bark and you hear it and i don't like i'm okay to start over yeah <laughs> being completely transparent up front like i'm sorry i don't know how else to say it I mean, if if uh, if you have you know a young family, at least you can put up a, a sign that says like "recording in progress" or something. But you know, last time I checked, dogs don't read, so I don't think they would uh, pick up on those cues. Only if, only <laughs> if, like only if we were Doctor Doolittle these days, that life would be so great. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I think that you know that's why the quiet space of where you're going to do the recording, you know, is actually. In our advice, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trained audio engineer, as a number of other uh, team members here at Voices uh, are as well. And we get the questions from aspiring talent, even professional talent, of how do I improve my sound? You know, it's the, the tendency is like, oh, we'll buy a better microphone and get upgrade your software. It's actually the room. The room that you record in, you know, makes all the difference. I mean, it, it, whether, you know, you know, using a sports analogy, I mean, try playing tennis on like, you know, the street, it's the ball's too bouncy, you know, it's like, it's gotta be the right, or, you know, a ski hill where there's been too many people going down the run and there's lots of ruts in it, it makes it kind of un uncomfortable. You know, you realize that the landscape, the environment in which you're recording is, uh, or really performing any skill, but in this case, recording 
is arguably more important than the tools themselves. So having a great room set up like that, somewhere where you can go and you feel comfortable um, that you, because some, as you know, some of these recordings, they're not just 30 seconds. Sometimes they're 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour long. Um, uh, it, whether it's an interview or a podcast or an audiobook can be many, many hours. Um, so depending on that, you want to be comfortable in that space and uh, bring your best performance. Now, I noticed you just said that you have like, your, your team is full of audio engineers. Now, do you have a team full of people that can assist with different accents? Because I think that's the one thing my resume 110% lacks. I can only do the Lenore accent or mm. grandma. Like those are the two accent accents I get. I've tried to do British. No, it doesn't work. Right. Like it doesn't work. I don't well, know how to do any of that. Well, and I, and I think it's it's about finding, you know, we, we sometimes refer to it as your as your money voice or like the X factor. Like you do you, right? And there's this, you know, kind of this concept of like, oh my goodness, there's like, because everybody has a voice, therefore, you know, the competition is infinite. Well, just like your fingerprints are unique to you, your face is unique to you, your voice is also unique to you. And a client who is, you know, inviting to an audition, they want to hear you do you. And that kind of separates this notion of like, I'm not competing with everyone. I'm just going to bring my best performance and my best interpretation. And then voice and sound is so subjective. You don't really quite know what the client is looking for, be that, you know, a creative producer or somebody in a marketing department. They obviously hear it in their head. They're trying to describe it in words through the job description or what's referred to as artistic direction. I need somebody who sounds upbeat and bright. Uh, you see some really funny artistic direction about sounding tall or purple because these are like the brand colors or and it's like, how do you sound tall? You know, like, do you mean more confident? Do you mean more boisterous? Like, and what your role is as a talent is how do I interpret all of this? And then um, in effect, kind of translate it and, and, and breathe it back out in this, uh, this voiceover that you're uh, this read that you do. And so um, just because, you know, kind of back to the, the, the question about, oh, I can't do a, a you know, a British accent or I, I can't you know, do, you know, a, you see these, these funny kind of character voices. Yes. And you have the same person like in the cartoons that do five different characters. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's kind of their style. Now, what they can't do probably would be you know, read a narration for the History Channel. It's just not what they're, they're there are kind of different styles or genres of voice. Character of work is definitely one. Commercial work is another where it's, and what people are looking for on the uh, work are uh, what we call kind of the approachable expert. Basically that smart guy or gal next door who just always has the latest technology, knows how to fix your smartphone. They, they're kind of like the, the hipster, if you will, but they're approachable. And so that's kind of like an everyday person voice. And then you have these narration voice, which is kind of more of almost like, you know, the, the movie trailer, this long, um, you know, documentaries, if you think about on uh, that type of. Uh, um, like on Nat Geo. These kind of, uh, these kind of uh, nature documentaries. These are all different styles. So I guess what I'm trying to express is know your style and then really just lean into that because it's super hard to do something that you're just not predisposed to doing. You don't want to be frustrated. You want to be uh, encouraged. You want to kind of get hired over and over. 
And that's why you end up and you realize you look back on your career and like, oh, this is interesting. The last five gigs I've done, the last five jobs I've done, they all seem to, this is kind of, I have this certain style that's emerging. So embrace that is what I'm uh, encouraging you to do. So thank you. Now I don't have to practice my British accent or my Australian <laughs> accent because somehow those two types of people can do American accents beautifully, but right. we can't always perfect theirs. Don't right. understand why or how it just works out that way. They might be, you know, they might be watching a lot of uh, sitcoms like Seinfeld or something like that, where over and over you're, you know, like, you know, television, American produced television kind of gets broadcast around the world. And so I think you're, I think it's a lot more adaptable for someone in another part of the world to actually um, mimic the American, uh, American action, which there's actually, you know, again, dozens of localizations, you know, a Midwest versus the Northeast or, or, uh, or, or uh, Southeast as well. Um, very different, uh, very different voices. And so when it comes to commercials, this is nothing. People want, you know, a, an advertiser. Um, it actually tries to find someone local or a neutral as accent, you know, somewhere in the Midwest in like a Minnesota or, um, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, they, they actually, it's a pretty neutral accent because you're neither East Coast, you're neither West Coast. Um, and, and what we've found in both our research and it's been validated uh, externally is that people want to buy from people that sound like them. So when you're an advertiser, you know, it, it kind of matches like, oh, you demographically, you sound like me. And when an advertiser is going to launch a new product or an ad campaign, they're trying to, you know, like, who's the buyer for this? And then who is somebody that sounds like that buyer? Same thing of just like, you know, we're trying to find a, maybe an on-camera actor or a model, you know, some, an aspirational personification or a figure. Well, same thing goes with voice. I'm looking for somebody who sounds like my target audience. And because ultimately that's what, uh, that's what we all respond to is people who sound like us. There was the one in my acting day classes, the mm -hmm. one class that I hated so much, but looking back was probably the most beneficial, useful class that I would have, I should have ever like, you know, really paid attention to was the voice and diction. Because I guess when I went in, I had too much of a, of a New York accent that I had to take away some of the O's and the A's and the different things like that. And this woman, she gave me this, literally this like 12 page book of how to pronounce things. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is difficult. But yeah. that just goes into what you're saying on, can you be neutral? Like, can you play the role for anybody and anybody from the East to the West, to the North, to the South mm -hmm. and sound like somebody that you can trust? Right. And um, I mean, there are, um, coaches there's our i mean there's a whole profession around this notion of accent reduction some people just grow up with a part of the country or a part of a very thick accent to everyone else um where you know so they, they work to go through these kind of phonetic pronunciations how to reduce the accent because if again going back to this advertiser if the advertiser has a big campaign they're launching think about all the product and maybe it's a physical product, the packaging and shipping. And, so on. and they're relying on you as their audio ambassador to relay that message. And they need it to be understandable by anyone that hears it. Somebody can't be kind of, what did, what did she see there? 
but we're not getting subtitles of this. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be crystal clear. So, I mean, if, if, if someone's really concerned about that um, or in the audition process, you're getting that feedback, you know, maybe, maybe look into someone who quote with accent reduction um, and just provide some of those phonetic pr pronunciations and those tips along the way that, uh, that might prove help. Like home in a phone. I make fun of my friends that talk like that. <laughs> I'm like, you got that South Jersey accent. You got to get that right. away. <laughs> so David Cicerelli, the CEO and co-founder of Voices.com. You can sign up today either as like a voice actor or a voice talent or as a business that's looking to really just get a voice actor in their commercials, advertisements, whatever it may be, even the automated answerings for the phones, because those are definitely needed still. Absolutely. Voice, it is voices.com. You can check them out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, voices. It's really just that simple on YouTube voices. And if you'd like to just connect with David himself, you can connect with him on uh, LinkedIn. That's David C-I-C-C. A-R-E-L-L-I, David Cicerelli. Thank you once again for joining us and even giving me a couple tips. So now I'm going to learn to do my piece. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Great being here. Thank you so much. That's a wrap on another episode of the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. I'm your host, Lenore. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. More at brandambassadorselect.com and we will see you next time. <laughs>